Welcome to the Recycled Podcast. Kindly sponsored by Static Control. My name is David Connett and my guests today are Peter Mayhew, Senior Analyst and Director at Lightwoods Imaging, Mike Hemming, Cartridge World Global Operations and Project Manager. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Ah, thank you, David. Oh, thank you, David. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure. You know, if you answer my emails and give me a good quote for a story, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stick the fishing hook in and pull you in a bit more. Over the summer, HP slipped in the news about discontinuing the uh, the page-wide printer. Oh, gosh, David, where do we start on this one? Well, I could have put my hand in the ring, and whilst I'm not the biggest fan of HP, I actually <laughs> think the page-wide printer is a pretty good bit of kit. I agree. We've had two in the last nine years, and uh, we will be sad to see it go. I, I, I was left thinking... Oh no, not another podcast where we're going to talk about HP. And here we are again. I was just genuinely surprised that they pulled the uh, the plug on it. That was my first reaction. Same for me. It was a shock. I think I agree with David as well. They are soon to be were great printers. I remember early days of testing these when they first came out and managed to destroy a couple of print heads through unnecessary overuse of the machine. It is a shock. I don't fully understand why they've done it when these machines are more economical, lower environmental impact. Why now, after nine years plus of investment, to now pull the plug on it? It, it doesn't make any sense. All of the rhetoric that we have around business inkjet, you know, and its sustainability characteristics there, and all the messaging that has gone out, just that the, the core economies that you can derive from using inkjet versus laser and you know, HP have been big evangelists you know, of those advantages there. And I just feel sorry for the, for the for the dealers, you know, that have been out there, you know, pounding the pavements and talking about these products and saying, you know, they're the best thing since sliced bread. And here, here we are suddenly, you know, giving them the proposition they've got to say the opposite. Well, that's the thing, and the dealers have been getting it. And these printers are incredibly popular in public authorities, certainly here in mainland Europe. One of those simple facts that of all the printers that are in independent NPS programs, PageWide is the only, and I say this again, the only inkjet printer printer that features uh, in the top 200 printer models that are deployed in NPS. And what's more, it is the 10th most popular printer. Yeah, here you've got something, that works it's affordable it's got a low environmental footprint people like it dealers have invested months and years into weaning people off of laser to replace it with this inkjet and they pull the plug on it and i just find that surprising then i have to dig a bit deeper and say so what's the real reason behind this i was going to ask you what's the (laughs) is there a backstory here we wonder I think there is, because if you go back a while, Memjet sued HP for breaching their Memjet patents. And then six months later, it was, oh, yeah, we've settled everything and a cross-licensing deal. And that was the end of it, you know. And the, the Memjet desk printer is sort of evolved into, you know, the the museum and HP had page right. So then I'm wondering, did actually that, cross-licensing deal come to an end and HP have chosen not to renew it so they're discontinuing page wide I don't think the brand strength of HP is as good as it was and I think if somebody is now happy with that inkjet they're going to look for another inkjet whether it's an Epson or a Canon or a Brother 
is now, you know, it, it, it's all about purpose of the printer is, but it doesn't follow that, that HP's brand is so strong that um, a dealer can switch somebody who's been converted to ink back to laser. I think HP have shot themselves in the foot. What do you think, Mike? I would agree. There's obviously the HP brand is not is not what it used to be. I think this is a big mistake. But also, does it create opportunity for everyone else? Ultimately, yes. You know, these the dealers out there are going to be hurting now. The ones that have spent time deploying these machines, um, running them, maintaining them, you know, building the business around it. Now they've got to find an alternative. There's opportunity there for the aftermarket. And it's something we actually discussed. We we host um, monthly webinars for our global masters. And on last month's, it was a webinar built around talking about laser, the development of laser print technology. Round about the same time when I was writing the presentation was when the announcement came out from, from HP. So I threw a little bit in there about that just to get the, the masters talking because it is something we need to be thinking about. If now this has happened, where's the opportunity for us? Like everyone else, we're thinking, where where is the opportunity now with those customers who've got those machines are going to be looking for alternatives? Yes, they will probably want another inkjet machine because we know the landscape of working and printing has changed in the last 12 to 18 months. People still out work, businesses still out operating under what we call normal. It's it's a strange decision, one that I think HP will regret. But for the rest of us, it's a good opportunity to get in there and try and win some of this business. I completely agree. What about you, Peter? I guess I've got a slightly different perspective. A couple of things that occur to me. First of all, you know, you talk about opportunity here. And if you take the OEM perspective, then clearly the next step down from HP or the next one to look at has got to be Epson, closely followed by Brother. Epson have a very strong business inject presence. Maybe there's been some execution issues there. Perhaps they quite don't have the, the channel that uh, HP have to make the penetration, you know, into all of those markets and, and opportunities that there are for business inject here. I think the other issue that is a little bit of an immaturity issue here as well, and that's with regard to the way that in business these days, printers and MFPs are are integrated into workflows and software so heavily now. And the influence of the CIO and the IT management team have over the printing devices these days. They want to have good connectivity. They want good workflow. As soon as you get into a medium-sized business. And I think that when you look at the alternatives that are in the market, um, in that sort of more medium-sized business and enterprise space, there are not so many choices that can give you that connectivity. And I think that that is potentially going to be a little bit of a problem for competitors to HP if they want to try and move in behind. I think in the small space, small small in the Soho markets and home office markets, yep, great. I think there's a lot of choice out there. But I think when you, you look at where some of those sort of highest um, page-wide devices sat, you know, which is very much in that laser domain where there's a lot of a long way to go and a lot of opportunity there for inkjet. I think that's the, the interesting space I'd like to see the competitors out there, you know, the brother and the, the Epson of this world, really start to focus in on because I think that's – where the real gap is. And I think actually the channel wants, I think the channel is actually looking for and wants those types of devices that have that connectivity to Papercut and some of those other apps that they can have on there, a nice, good, strong app store like you get with Rico out there or, you know, with one or two of the other, you know, laser brands out there. That's when you really start seeing Jet compete head on. And I don't think that we quite have the portfolio yet to take that on. We have the capability, we have the quality, we have the productivity there. All the arguments and the sustainability arguments there, we just don't quite have 
the feature set yet. And I think that's the gap, which concerns me a little bit here. I hear what you're saying, Peter, but most inkjet devices are very much in the smaller businesses and they are purpose specific. You know, if you're doing graphic arts or photography or you're doing office printing, they fill that niche. And I don't think it's a question of inkjet competing against laser. I think there is a growing and expanding niche for inkjet because it ticks the right boxes for a consumer. Can I play devil's advocate there, David, with you for just a second? Because you're right, laser is very well established, very well established there. But it's going to go, you know, and it's actually in that home space. We just saw that with the pandemic. You know, look how ink tanks have taken off. You're absolutely right. In that home office there, it's the dominant technology. No question about it there. So where does it move to? It has to start with the scale there. You've got to convince the dealer channel who are selling laser printers and copiers day in, day out, that inkjet is a is a is a drop in. And uh-huh. right now it's not quite there for this very reason that I've just said. No, that's where we've got some work to do, you know. And to get those to win over those engineers, the soft the service engineers out there who are fixing laser devices day in, day out, you know, and and um, I'm working on there, you know, the, the, the directors and the owners of those dealerships who are, and the, the business development managers that have MPS contracts here, you know, for much smaller I, fleet. I think you're missing the point, Peter, a little bit in the sense that there's a whole fleet of page-wide array printers out there and it's what's going to replace them because if I'm a dealer, it's an easier sell to say, look, HP are discontinuing this page-wide printer, but we've got this amazing Epson printer that will replace it and it ticks all the boxes. You know, then it's only one cell, a replacement for a discontinued printer. If you start to compare with laser, you have a two-point cell. You have to sell laser technology to the customer and then the best laser printer. In the next couple of years, most dealers who have placed page-wide devices out there are going to start replacing them with an Epson or a Brother or a Canon device that fits the purpose of the, the customer. I don't think there's going to be a big evangelical push to switch somebody back to laser. I could be wrong. What do you think, Mike? I would agree with what you said. I think in terms of from a sales point of view, Replacing inkjet for inkjet is an easier sell. It's just about finding the right device for the customer, yeah. as you just rightly said, that fits the purpose of the customer as opposed to you know the machine that the dealer wants to sell. It's got to be right for the customer. I would say that Epson have been doing a lot of work. In my opinion, they've been doing a lot of work in the background of the last few years, and I think it's gone a little bit unnoticed on some of their workforce and their, their high-yield rip mfds where they could be perfectly placed now to start approaching these deals and say look we've got the perfect solution because if you're talking about you know low environmental impacts which is becoming more and more important i think a lot of businesses took their eyes off the ball in terms of you know environmental responsibilities um uses less heat because you're not it's you've not got any fuses or anything there that need to warm up first page out is quicker Print speed is just as good as a laser, and the print quality. There's no, there's no argument, you know, with the print quality either. So that would be an easier sell for a dealer rather than trying to convert them to laser, because then they've got to understand if they've not used laser printers or you know why, you know, because the quality is especially on color laser. You don't always get the same result as you would with a with an inkjet. Customers have got to understand that. So yeah, the the dealers, you're right, David. The dealers have got those two hurdles. One, they've got to get the customer to to understand laser first, and then which and then sell them the right printer. And if you've already got the customer, 
it's better to just do one change and and yeah. justifiable change. This is being discontinued based on your usage, etc. This is what we recommend. Some of the conversations. So, is it fair to say that we think HP have made a mistake? Is it fair to say that um, those printers are likely to be replaced with another inkjet printer? And is it fair to say that the the winners in this are likely to be Epson Brother uh, and Canon? And would it be fair to say that HP uh, shot themselves in the foot yet again? It's a big yes from me. What about you, Mike? Yeah, it would be a yes from me as well. <laughs> Great. Well, there we go. Three of us are in unison on that one. This podcast is sponsored by Static Control. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. It's nice to have you here. Celebrating 20 years at Cartridge World. Now, if anybody has seen change at Cartridge World, that's got to be you. Yes, I'd like to think that it's been a long and winding road. Back from day one when I first joined the company, and on my, on my first day, learning how to hand refill HP 49 cartridges. <laughs> I'm thinking, what have I done? <laughs> have I made the right decision? And yeah, yes, I've seen seen a lot of changes within within Cartridge World. I've seen a lot of changes within within the imaging industry as well, and. You know, I'd like to think that you know, my my long term service, which seems to be quite unusual these days, people I speak to say you've been doing that job how long? Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think some of that's put down to me being able to adapt to those changes that have come along, whether internally or externally, and, and embrace them rather than trying to trying to resist them, and just through sheer hard work as well. Yeah, you certainly uh, pop up here, there, and everywhere, so you're definitely working on. Where would you say? cartridge world is today in terms of the overall imaging you know the market has evolved so much now it's not just about stores it's about everything so where do you think cartridge world is today well the model has changed it's still the the foundation is still that we are a a franchise-based business and we we have our global masters and franchisees um 600 plus in in over 30 countries at at the same time you know we we recognize that you need to evolve and change as well online sales online business is is a is a big part of the core model now as well and it's something that we've been growing and working on in various territories or the masters have been developing in their specific territories some of these changes came about early last year when the covid pandemic first hit and we were starting to look at refreshing our franchise model looking at office-based b2b sales models so we have a a license model which is called the executive office model and also we've developed a program called the authorized distributor programs that's where we can go out to distributors whether they're it distributors you know consumables stationary suppliers who are supplying through their sales channels to their resellers and their customers and appoint them as an authorized distributor to promote and sell our premium brand cash world inkjet and toner cartridges it's something that we launched a couple of months ago. We've, we're making some good progress. We've signed signed a new distributor in, in South Africa, um, and we're looking at developing that across the globe because, you know, it's, it's, as I've said, franchising, the franchise business, that's that's the core foundation of our business. But there's always always opportunity to develop and grow and, and develop other, other revenue channels and just continue to, to grow the brand and strengthen the brand across the world. Going forward, do you think the the store count will increase, or do you think it, it, it it's got a natural level at the moment? Unless, unless of course, you open up a new country. Um, we expect to see some some increase in in store count. I would, I would say more specifically as well, increase in in probably master and franchisee or licensee count because 
Some of those that we sign up may not necessarily be a traditional store owner. They may be a licensee, so they would be still considered as a franchisee, a licensee, but don't have a physical store. So we expect to see the numbers grow, but it may not always necessarily be under a retail model. There's still still parts of the world where we've got interest in um, masters wanting to sign as well. So there's, there's still always that potential there for us to grow. We expect to see some growth. Yeah, I was going to ask you a question, Michael. What's been the um, the response, if that's the right word? Here? What's been the impact of people moving to subscription-based models of buying supplies? Is that a, is that a feature of the offering from Craft Twelve these days? It's good, good question, Peter, and it, it's it's something that obviously we we've been mindful of for some years now. Um, we've developed models, business models over the year to over the years to be able to one retain our own customers and it, and and attract new customers and, and the main focus being that it's no longer about trying to sell a cartridge in a box and it hasn't been for years it's about trying to sell the services and solutions and getting ownership of that printer we had different models we had, we had some of the old cartridge print services was which was a typical fixed monthly cost contractual business um, we have something called Infinity, which is a subscription-based model where customers pay deposit to receive the printer. They pay a fixed monthly fee and can have, it's basically unlimited ink. They can have as much ink as they like. And also we're looking at developing new models around where we see the growth in, in the, what I call the mega tank printers, whether that's Canon or Epson with their eco tank printers. And so now we can develop models around the newer print technology as well. But it's something we've been focused on and um, been pushing our masters and franchisees to develop over years, which they have been doing some very successfully, is to get away from just trying to sell a product in a box and for people to see us as, as their local service provider, not just, or oh, that guy down the road that, that sells me my print cartridges. That is interesting. I can certainly see the appeal you know, of subscription and, and trying to get a, a different type of relate with that printer, with that customer. So, no, that's great. What about the environmental aspect? What's been the activity when it comes to uh, getting cartridges back to um, to yourselves and making sure that they're disposed of sustainably? What's the message there for Cartridge World? As it always has been, you know, that we encourage our customers to either, you know, return the cartridge to us via our stores or if they've bought online, you know, they can send it to the nominated, whether it's coming directly back to us or to, a, you know, responsible treatment location. It's always been a core part of our business model. Go back 20 years when I started and we were refilling and remanufacturing cartridges. Then obviously the process was, was a lot easier because we were taking those empties in and we were refilling or remanufacturing them on site. We, you know, as we shift to more our own branded finished goods, so we could focus on services and solutions, but never, you know, never with an intention to to neglect the environmental side of it and always making sure that the cartridge empties are collected and, and treated responsibly. I used to, um, you know, I spent quite a lot of time working with a, with our compliance scheme some years ago, making sure that we had everything in place in terms of customers being able to have the right channels to re- return that cartridge to avoid it going into, into a waste bin and into landfill. It's interesting listening to what you, you say, Mike, because um, there's a feature in the magazine that's just about to uh, get mailed. And looking at the market, it's interesting that for the pandemic and for a million reasons, the sales of OEM products contracted a bit, but the sale of uh, remanufactured or reused or whatever grew, but it didn't grow for everybody. The, the one thing that came out of this is that the the people in the channel who are closest to the consumer, so you're talking about companies that it goes from them to the person that consumes and uses the product and there's nobody in between doing incredibly well. 
Christchurch World seems to fit that model. People that are supplying into the channel, so they sell it to a dealer, distributor, whatever, and it gets past it. Those are the ones that are further away from the consumer, and they seem to be the ones that are being impacted the most in the market. So there definitely is, I think, a bit of a renaissance between more local, regional people in the channel with the, with the closest link to the consumer. Yeah, it looks like Cartridge World you know, doing okay in that respect. I would, I would agree with that. And I think it's, you know, if you look at it on, on any of our websites, it's global brand, local experts, whether that's store-based or even with, you know, even with a location where we've got good online presence as well. It, it's all about the, the service that we're able to provide. And you're right, I think when the, when the pandemic came along, everyone changed how they were, how they were, were shopping because they had to and i saw it in, in in my local town where all of a sudden people started to steer away even from the big supermarkets because they couldn't get the products they need or they couldn't get the deliveries because they couldn't get out of the house and the next thing you know their local store down the road is a set up home delivery service you know yeah. can provide, nobody had flour but the local store had flour they seemed to have everything that the supermarkets didn't have yeah. so that shift and i think it's all about it's about the service and it's about the trust if you've got that and you, maybe you lose it, but you win it back because of the pandemic, then those con- those customers will continue to come back. All in all, then twenty years in Cartridge World. Are you going to do twenty more? I would certainly, I would certainly hope so. I have no plans to um, to go anywhere or, or move on. As you know, people ask me, do I still enjoy my job? I said, yeah, I do. After twenty years, I still enjoy it. It's 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 been such a varied career so far from. In the early days of going out and helping new franchisees open their stores, you know, merchandising, getting them ready for opening, then into technical support, then R&D and, and um, quality control, and then into operations and global project manager. It's, it's, I've had to wear a lot of hats over the years. It keeps me interested. There's always challenges, but, it, you know, just is it a challenge or a problem? I just see it as an opportunity for a, for a solution. So, it's you know, it's been fun and um, long may it continue. Excellent. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Mike. And finally, do you want to tell us a bit about Paperworld? Because I saw there was some information out there about the preparations that Messer Frankfurt are making in terms of repairing the halls and uh, now. And they've also had a few, a couple of test shows I read as well. Yeah, there's been a couple of test shows. They've now got the guidance. Now the hall planning is in place. But yes, live face-to-face shows start again in Frankfurt. I'm quite excited because I'm a face-to-face person, right? I like the show. Some people only go for one or two days. I'm there for the actually six or seven days and I get to talk to so many people. And it's great because it's only when you communicate face-to-face over a coffee or a beer or whatever, you don't just find out about that business. You find out what the person's thinking. Oh, yeah, we're, we're looking to recruit or whatever. So you, you get so many ideas. And again, on Stephanie's side with the magazine, you get so many ideas for features and news stories, etc. that it takes you six months to work through them all. I like the show, so I'm going, they've got COVID compliant booths now, uh, 12 square metres, so it's good and I'm looking forward to it. So Mike, uh, you've got any plans to travel? I'm not sure yet. If we're talking about from a business or personal point of view, yeah, no, no plans either way. I'm expecting my first business trip will probably be Paper World, to be honest. You know, and actually, it was that it was my last as well <laughs> last year. If I'm honest, that's the same for Stephanie yeah. and I. We so thanks very much, gentlemen. We'll get the first edit started on Monday, and as soon as it's ready, I'll let you know, um, and we'll take it from there. Um, 
as a courtesy to you, Mike, I'll share it with you before it goes live so that you can listen into it. And if if you've said something that you didn't want to be made in the public, just say, look, oh, yeah, you know, four minutes and 20 seconds in, I said this and I'd prefer if it was deleted and we'll take it out. Yeah. <clears throat> OK. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, sure. No problem. I can do that. OK, yeah. uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, again, congratulations on right. 20 yeah. years, uh, Mike. And Thank uh, thanks for your time today. It's really appreciated. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's been great. And honestly, I just appreciate the um, the opportunity to to be invited to this. It's, I've really enjoyed it. It's good to have guests because it just helps give a different dimension to uh, to the conversation here, a different set of points of view, and we really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, you know, anybody that wants to come and join us again is always very welcome. Indeed, indeed. Okay, thanks very much, gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, I'll be in touch. The Recycled Podcast is sponsored by Static Control.